welcome to episode 20 of the Miles Podcast. Today is again a very special episode. Today we're talking about Star Wars. Who doesn't like Star Wars? You know who doesn't like Star Wars? Communists. Communists just hate everything. So it's been some time since I've recorded uh, Miles Podcast because if you listen to uh, episode 18.5, you would have heard that my laptop died. Well, now my laptop is alive, and I finished editing episode 19, which was about Indiana Jones, and if you haven't listened to it, please go check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, so the laptop's alive. Back from the dead. New motherboard inside. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. Did, did the, the repairs myself. And yeah. Anyways, Star Wars. So in front of me, I have list that I have comprised. You can hear the list. Look at that. List. Where I have narrowed down the 11 theatrically released Star Wars movies. Not counting TV shows and, I don't know, that, that stupid holiday special. Just the ones released for theaters. And there's 11 of them. So that does include the, um, Rogue One and the the Han Solo movie and the Clone Wars movies yeah, in there. And this is as of, fuck, what's today? Uh, April 2019. So Episode 9 hasn't come out yet. I don't think I know anything about Episode 9. I don't know who's directing it. I don't know anything. I don't think there's been a trailer. They'll probably throw out a trailer at uh, Comic-Con or something around there. Or, actually, no, what they'll probably do is on May 4th, because that's Star Wars Day or something, I bet they'll do a trailer or a teaser trailer. A teaser to the teaser trailer or a teaser to the trailer. Fucking hate it. Alright, so I've listed out, like I said, all 11 of them. I've put them in my order of favorite, no, sorry, uh, least favorite to favorite. Um... This is not, you know, I'm not a, a film critic, so I'm just going off the ones that I enjoy the most at number one, and the ones I don't at number 11. And remember, these are these are my opinions. So if you say, hey, that's stupid, guess what? Make your, make your own Star Wars list, right? Shall we begin? So at number 11, I have The Clone Wars. I fucking hated that movie. I saw it in theaters. I thought it was going to be cool because it was an animated movie. It's the dumbest movie I think, the Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Like, there are fan movies on YouTube that I would rather watch than deal with that garbage. There was a fan film on YouTube. I think it was called Rebel Scum, if I remember right. And it takes place during the Battle of Hoth. One of the guys, one of the rebel guys gets shot down, and he, he I don't remember, like a TIE fighter gets shot down also, and then he like battles the stormtrooper and ends up killing him, and he's like, well shit, now I'm out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and the, the Empire's everywhere, so he dresses up as uh, one, the stormtrooper, and goes about whatever stormtrooper business, and I, I think he uh, somehow rendezvous with somebody. If I remember right, but it was really well made, and it was the the story was great. It was only like eleven or twelve minutes long, but it did everything it needed to. Clone Wars does not. It is it's dumb. It's like a it's for babies. the The plot of the movie is really slapped together. 
It doesn't feel like they put any thought into it. Uh, there, there was a Clone Wars TV show that came out. And I could see the plot of the movie being adapted into an episode of the TV show. Sure. 30 minutes. That's fine. Maybe even a two-parter. Mm, that's pushing it, because it's not that great. The plot of the movie is Anakin Skywalker. Oh, this. Oh, I forgot to mention. This whole podcast is filled with spoilers. So if you haven't seen any of the Star Wars movies and you don't want them spoiled, then fucking... What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Plot of the movie... Anakin, it's in between episode 2 and episode 3. Anakin gets a Padawan. He's training him. Everyone's like, no, dude, don't, don't, you don't, you're not ready for a Padawan. But he has one. Um, Jabba the Hutt's kid gets kidnapped, and it's a little annoying slug. And then they gotta go on an adventure to get the kid back from, like, smugglers or something. Doesn't that sound interesting? It doesn't, because it's stupid, and I hate it. I don't want to linger on this, because I only saw the movie once, and I just didn't like it. It's not fun. It's no good. Get into a, one of the actual Star Wars movies now. At number 10, I have Star Wars Episode 2, uh, Attack of the Clones. I remember, I, I, as a kid, I liked the movie, because it was, I don't know, CGI is cool, it's computers that make worlds and creatures come to life. Last time I watched the movie, I didn't enjoy it at all. Like, the acting was bland. That That's where the, the thing where Anakin's, you know, Padme's like, Oh, I love sand! And then Anakin's like, I hate sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. It's like, buddy, cheer up. You know, goddamn edgelord over here. He he kills a bunch of kids. Well, no, that's in episode three. But he kills a bunch of sand people kids. Because he's racist, I think. I don't know. I don't think they want to be called that. Tuscan Raiders, I believe, is the politically correct term. Not sand people. The, the CGI was just... It was bad. Um, there's a whole scene early in the movie with uh, Obi-Wan when he's like trying to track down where this little dart thing came from and he goes and sees this guy in a in like a 1950s diner of course there's a fucking 1950s earth diner in a galaxy far a long time ago in a galaxy far far away like what the hell uh, the guy he talks to is horribly CGI'd I thought George Lucas would have learned his lesson about full CGI characters from episode one, but no, he didn't. And there's, there's like, what? There's, there's that guy. There's the Camino people. They're all CGI'd. Then there's the, uh, the bug people at the end. It's, and the, the fucking clone troopers are also CGI'd. Too much CGI. I like movies that have practical effects, real sets, um, CGI is it's a great tool for, like, building worlds. Because, like, give you give you a good example. Lord of the Rings use CGI for some of the grand backgrounds, um, you know, some, some of the locations. But generally speaking, everything was shot on, on film or um, on set and in real locations. And they only use CGI to really scale up the things that were already physically there. Or, 
Another example of CGI being used for characters or something is in, in Jurassic Park. They used uh, animatronics for a lot of things, like the T-Rex. The give you a great example. The T-Rex is, it's like 50-50. All the close-up shots are the, uh, an actual, like, animatronic, giant-ass dinosaur. And some of the, um, pretty much every, every scene where it's running and it's a full body shot is CGI. And it's shot in a way that the lighting doesn't make it look fake. Because lighting and CGI, it doesn't go hand in hand. Because the way light falls onto objects is sometimes, I guess, hard to translate. The, the guy who did the CGI for Gollum in Lord of the Rings, he, was, he wasn't a computer animated guy. He was like a, a lighting expert or something. And then Peter Jackson had paid him to, get, to learn how to do computer animation just to do Gollum because he understood how light falls onto objects and whatnot. And that's why Gollum still looks really good in 2019. And he looked amazing back in, fuck, when did the Two Towers come out? Like 2001, 2002? Like, holy shit. It's hard for, for that stuff to stand up now. Um, so all the characters in episode two, just the way... The light is hitting them. It just looks bad. The The whole factory scene near the end of the movie when Anakin and Padme are like dodging, you know, obstacles and, and this conveyor belt factory thing. It's a very cliched scene. It's like out of a video game. Like it just seems plasticky and fake. Lots of smooth edges. There's no textures because it's not really there. And it's hard to believe some of the actors, you know, when they're jumping around and whatnot, because when they're acting, they're just acting on a blue screen. And I, I believe they use blue screens, not green screens. Green screens uh, weren't really popular until oh, later on. Um, but anyways, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And a lot of the performances um, show that because there's not, they're not acting with anything. They've got to use their imagination to, you know, kind of do everything like okay imagine you're talking to a a nine foot tall skinny necked alien thing about cloning cloners or whatever and you know Ewan McGregor's got to be like okay and then attempt to, to act his way through it I can probably hear the train great Wham. <laughs> Uh, so when I when I watch Star Wars movies now, which it's getting farther and farther in between, um, Episode Two's one I, I usually skip over unless I'm watching them all in order, and if that's the case, then yeah, I'll watch it. But it's not my pick. All right, so we're up to uh, number nine. Bum, 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 bum. Number nine, Solo, a Star Wars story. Why the fuck did they make that movie? Why the hell did they make Han, a standalone Han Solo movie? Like, the time to make a standalone Han Solo movie probably would have been after um, Return of the Jedi. So whatever year that was, like 1984? Uh, 86 or something? I don't actually remember when it came out. So at this point, you can't cast Harrison Ford because Harrison Ford is too old. 
And again, spoilers, he dies at the end of episode 7, so you can't have old Harrison Ford, or old Han Solo, because he's fucking dead. So anyways, the, the movie... No one wanted... The, the, the best part of the whole movie was they had um, Donald Glover, who he's a rapper called the Childish Gambino. He played Lando Calrissian, and he was the best part of the movie. He kind of has, like, a platonic relationship with a female robot. But, like, you kind of feel like mm, he's probably fucking the robot. But it doesn't matter. Who cares? The movie's dumb. I rolled my eyes during this movie more times than I've rolled my eyes in any movie. Because it was just like, hey, you remember that thing? Here's how that thing happened. You know that one other thing they mentioned? This is how that happened. It's just kind of convenient that everything happens all within the same thing. I brought this up with my Last Crusade topic in the last episode. And I'll bring it up here. The, the, the first 15 minutes of The Last Crusade, you, you find out where he gets his hat, where he gets his whip, he gets his fear of snakes, and he gets a scar on his chin. All these iconic things all just seem to happen within the course of one day. So the same thing happens in the Solo movie, like, how does he get the Millennium Falcon? This is how he gets the Millennium Falcon. How does he get his name Han Solo? This is how he gets his name Han Solo. Fucking, how, how, what is the Kessel Run in, like, however many parsecs? Well, he does that in this movie, you know. How does he win the, the Millennium Falcon from Lando? Well, this is again how it happens, and it's like, oh my god. I don't like it. I, it just shoved too many things in my face I didn't care about. There were characters I didn't fucking care about. You know, you throw in a, in a Chewbacca. How they, again, how they met Chewbacca. Like, this is dumb. Of course he happens to know how to speak Wookiee for some reason. Uh, how he got his name, his last name Solo. I, I just always thought his name was that. No. It's that. He was, like, in line to, like, sign up for the military to get away from bad guys. And they're like, what's, what's your last name? And he's like, ah, I don't have one. And he's like, well, you're Solo. I guess we'll call you Han Solo. And, like, uh, if, if rolling your eyes had a sound, I could hear it in the movie theater. Like, I wasn't the only one that was like, oh, come on. That's dumb. And there was, there was, like I said, there was characters. He, like, joins up with a, a group of smugglers. I don't remember any of them. There was that one guy that was in uh, Zombieland. He was all right. All the other characters I didn't care about. Like, Zombieland guy has a girlfriend who gets blow, blown up. I didn't care. There was other dudes I didn't care. I, I don't remember much of them anymore. Um... Darth Maul's in the movie for like two seconds so it's cool like I, I guess they're gonna maybe because there's a there's an Obi-Wan movie that they're apparently gonna make so I assume Darth Maul's gonna have a triumphant return and have a confrontation with Obi-Wan the guy who cut him in fucking half maybe I don't know possibly who the fuck cares it's a dumbass movie Stupid ass movie. I don't care about it.
There's a bunch of like double crossing, double cross, like triple cross. You know, like, oh, I'm gonna work for you, but actually I'm working for the other guys. But hey, guess what? I wasn't actually working for either of you, I was working for myself. It's like, don't care. And this thing, they did this thing that they do in Star Trek. Where, oh no, the, the hero's got a plan, but the, the plan goes sour. And then the bad guy's got the upper hand. Well, guess what? That was the good guy's plan all along. And then the good guys win. And then uh, there, there was, uh, you know, like some of the, the stuff was actually kind of cool. Like cinematography-wise, cinematography wasn't bad. The, the guy who the, the guy who actually played Han Solo, I guess he wasn't terrible. Um, I think it was everything around what he was doing was just kind of dumb. But like, I found myself mildly enjoying him and like some of the things he was saying. And I was like, man, I like this guy. I like this new gruff bounty hunter smuggler, not bounty hunter, smuggler guy. And every time they were like, all right, let's go, Han Solo. And I'm like, that's not Han Solo. This is a new guy. Let's call him Jimmy. I like this Jimmy guy. He's a cool character. <sighs> Overall, I don't know. It was just forced. And that's the problem with Disney owning Star Wars is they are going to shove so much Star Wars down everybody's throat. Because there's apparently, from what I've heard, there's another trilogy that's not related to the mainline trilogy that they're going to work on. Then they've got these offshoot movies, and what's going to happen is this magical thing called franchise fatigue. And this is what happened to Star Trek at the end of uh, the 90s into the 2000s. Is it was so much Star Trek that it just was, it lost its appeal with the masses. No one wanted it. It was supply versus demand. There was way too much supply and not enough demand. We're getting to that point with Star Wars. I, I feel that that happened, that turning point happened with number eight on the list, which is Star Wars Episode Seven. Star Wars Episode Seven: The, the Cash Grab Awakens. I, I don't... What the hell? It was... I'll praise some good things. Let me let me pull up my notes. Praise the good things. I liked the new characters they added. I liked Ray. I liked Finn. I liked Poe. All like, you know, three or four letter names. Um, yeah, they were they were cool. I liked them. They they were kind of funny. They were a little bit witty. But they just took the outline of episode 4 and just made the same movie. Which is dumb. Granted, they, they didn't want to fuck it up like the prequel movies, but still, it was just like note for note. Okay, we got, you know, Desert Planet starting on. Okay, then we got, you know, the Empire's out hunting for things and they happen to land on the planet and then they, they meet up because they got secret plans or something crammed into a robot. Um, then they find the Millennium Falcon. Then they, they fly off. Then they find Han Solo, who, in to relate who Han Solo was in the original movie, in episode four, he would he's the Obi-Wan character. 
So they go through the plot, la da 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 They go to blow up the giant Star Destroyer, or Death Star, which isn't the Death Star. It's like the Death Planet, or the Death Egg from Sonic. And it, they go, they do the thing. Oh, no one can, no one can jump out of hyperspace in .0 seconds and not crash into a fucking mountain. Well, guess what? Han Solo can, yippee, because he's the main character. And he, nothing will happen to him. And then he fucking dies, because his kid shoves a, craggly laser sword through his chest for some reason uh because he's an angsty teenager and doesn't like his parents so he kills off the obi-wan i mean han solo of the movie um then they blow up the giant super thing after it blows up some planets and then they have a lightsaber fight with ray and Kylo Ren, but something that I did like is during the trailers, they kind of built up that uh, Finn, the the ex-stormtrooper guy, that he was the main character. Maybe that was just how I interpreted the trailers, but that's kind of just how I felt. Like, maybe go back and watch those the, the trailers. There's only, like, two of them. But then when I saw the movie, they had Rey, the lady, be the, the main person. Kind of did a little switcheroo or something. Playing on your expectations, I guess. But Finn is, Finn is a cool character. I like him a lot. Uh, he gets some good stuff in uh, episode 8. Kind of. That movie's a whole nother. Train wreck. Maybe? I don't know. I like that movie. What else happened in episode 7 that was dumb? Oh, yeah, there's the canteen scene. Uh, it's a bunch of, you know, seedy people in a bar. The thing that I rolled my eyes at is this little Yoda-esque looking character hands Rey a lightsaber and it happens to be Luke slash Anakin's lightsaber and it's a lightsaber that when Luke was holding it and he gets his hand lobbed off, falls down a giant pit and somehow they get the lightsaber. Somehow that one canteen lady has the lightsaber, gives it to Rey, she has like a PTSD flashback for some reason. But I rolled my eyes at that. I'm like, are you serious? I I loved the practical effects that they used. They they use like they use CGI sparingly, just a, a lot for the space things. Um, everything was like grounded. They had real sets, real real costumes, uh, which was cool, real nice. Nice to see that after you know episode two and episode three that was like primarily CGI garbage. I guess the, the, the problem with the movie that I feel, like I've talked about some of some of those, but it it's the idea behind the movie because Disney bought Star Wars for, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head, I think it was $4 billion. And they, obviously they want to make that money back and I'm sure they've made that money back by now. But they're doing what Disney does and they're, they're, Let's see, if, let's see if I can remember the quote. I'm going to pull up a quote. I got a perfect quote for this situation. So it's from a Steven Spielberg film, a uh, very, very uh, little-known film called Jurassic Park, released in 1993. Uh, Dr. Malcolm says, Don't you see the danger, John? Inherent to what you're doing here. Genetic power is the most awesome force on the planet, and you seem to wield it like a kid who's found his dad's gun. I tell you that the problem with the scientific, scientific power is that you're using it here. It's, you didn't require any discipline to attain it. You, you know you read what others have done, and you took it to the next step. 
Uh, you didn't even earn the knowledge for yourselves, uh, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you knew what you had, you patented it, you packaged it, and you slapped it on a lunchbox, and now you're selling it. And then uh, John Hammond says, I don't know, or I don't think you give us due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody has ever done before. Uh, Dr. Malcolm says, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't start to think if they should. That's how I feel Disney handled Star Wars at this point, is they now have it, and they're just going crazy with it, because they just want to make a shit ton of money out with it really fast, and they're going to ruin it for everybody, because Star Wars, at least in my opinion, used to be something special. Like, it was cool to like Star Wars, or it was different to like Star Wars. Now everyone likes Star Wars, and now that sounds really douchey and hipstery of me. But think about it. Like, now it's just so mass-produced. And I mean it in the, the kind of way, like, Mickey Mouse shows up and is like, here's your Star Wars product. Like, any time a Star Wars movie comes out, you walk into Walmart and you will see, like, Star Wars-branded coasters. You'll see, like, Star Wars-branded toilet paper and, and, you know, all those kinds of things. It just, uh, they're just gonna ruin it. And so episode seven is where, you know, like, okay, yep, you can make a Star Wars movie. That's, that's cool. You're just going to milk it now. And that's kind of what they're doing. And hey, whatever. You know, I, if I was making billions and billions of dollars and own the Star Wars franchise, maybe I'd do the same. But I don't know. I don't really know. All right, now we are up to number seven. Number seven, I have Rogue One. A Star Wars story or Star Wars tale. I don't remember what it was called. Rogue One's like a weird offshoot movie that's supposed to take place like the the weeks leading up to episode four, how they get the plans to the Death Star. And I guess what I remember about the movie and why I, I kind of enjoyed it was it didn't, it, it felt like a Star Wars movie. It had a bunch of stuff, but like at the, again, spoilers, at the end of the movie, everyone's just dead because these characters don't exist in any other form. So they created them, killed them off. Whatever, that's fine with me. Um, I wrote in my notes, Star Wars! It shoves so much Star Wars in your face. Don't you remember Star Wars? Because it's like, hey, you know you like? You like Stormtroopers? Whoa, hey buddy, don't worry, I got you some Stormtroopers. And you know why you like Darth Vader? Well, there's a kick-ass Darth Vader scene. You like TIE Fighters? You like ATSTs? You like ATATs? Of course you do. Crammed it down your throat. Uh, Star Destroyers, laser beams, fighting, shooting, all that jazz. They cram it down your throat. Uh, and I, I, I liked it. It was fun. Uh, everyone dying at the end was a bit bleh. I wrote forgettable people. I don't remember any of the characters. There, there was that one blind dude who was, like, talking about the Force. And I saw him in a kung fu movie where he was, like, beating the shit out of people. And, like, beating up uh, Japanese people in World War II or something. I don't know. It was a pretty cool movie. Um, but anyway, so Star Wars Rogue One. I enjoyed it. it, it I didn't really have much wrong I didn't have anything any bad thoughts about it I don't think uh other than it just it shoves a lot of Star Wars things down your throat like you remember Star Wars here you go 
Uh, that lightsaber thing with um, Darth Vader at the end, though, is pretty kick-ass. So, when, when it comes to Star Wars movies, then... It, it's getting up there. I like that one. We're, we're finally... We're, we're, I'd say everything after this... After number seven here, Rogue One... Everything after this is are movies that I genuinely like. Everything before this point has pretty much just been negatives. But Rogue One, pretty good movie. All right. Number six. Uh, the Last Jedi. Episode eight, I believe, is what it is. Um, it was different. Uh, the, the director kind of... I don't remember who directed it. Ron Howard, was it? Or am I just making things up? I don't remember. He took it in a pretty different direction. Uh, there was there was a lot of things I liked. It was one of those polarizing movies because I didn't see that one in the theaters because after episode seven I was burnt out because uh, I was like, okay, I'm done with Star Wars. And then Rogue One came out and that sufficed any kind of inclination of Star Wars want. I guess I don't know anything that I wanted from Star Wars. I got from Rogue One. Yeah, so it was it was different. It was very polarizing. So like in the theaters, people saw it, and I didn't have any of it spoiled for me, which was cool. But what I remember is like, it was a fifty-fifty split, like right down the middle. Like people either fucking hated the movie, or they loved it. There was n I didn't talk to anybody who was in the middle. I'm in the camp of I liked it, I guess, which is. <laughs> It's not really one of those two things, but it was okay. it wasn't bad. There was a lot of things I liked about the movie, specifically the cinematography. It was shot really different. I I really liked it. Uh, things that jump out to me were a lot of the lighting on that little island that Luke and and uh, Ray were on. Just the lighting of that whole place was just cool. Uh, kind of like an overcasty kind of thing. Um. The scene where uh, Kylo Ren and Rey are fighting the the Red Guard people, and like there's tapestries in the background on fire falling down, and oh my god, it's just beautiful. Like one of my favorite, I think that's one of my favorite shots in Star Wars. Um, and then the when the when the the purple hair lady who no one gives a shit turns the ship around and does hyperdrive into the big big bad guy ship and like the music all the sound effects stop and then it just does the like boom and then like the whole thing explodes uh and it like shoots through in a bunch of different fragments and stuff because it's going at hyperspeed it's really neat that was so beautifully executed i would say but that doesn't mean that the movie wasn't perfect because the movie was not perfect there are I think that they sh should have, at the end of the movie, killed off uh, Finn. It would have been, like, wrapped up everything that he had in the movie, but then the, the little stubby lady crashed into him and pushed him out of the way of the giant death laser. Um, a weird throwaway line uh, during that scene. It's at the end of the movie, they're on a planet where it's like salt salt planet and they're in a big base or something anyway so they're the rebel guys are getting all set up in the salt trenches and like one of the the soldiers comes over like goes up to a bunch of the other dudes 
and he, he gets on the, the edge of the, the trench and he like puts his finger on the ground and, and licks his finger and he's like, it's salt. And that's it. Like, what the fuck does that even matter? If the ground is made of salt, it it doesn't play into anything. It's not like, oh, it's salt, and then later in the movie they gotta be like, oh shit, the ground is made of salt. We can use this. No, it's just the guy's stating, this is salt. Okay, thanks. That's kind of like in Seinfeld. Uh, there was an episode where Kramer had a had a line in a was it Andy Warhol or something? I don't remember whose film it was. He had a line in a film where he just had to say like. These pretzels are making me thirsty. And that's it, and he fucked it up. But anyway, so that just seems like a real throwaway line. I kind of liked how Luke was just like a crazy old hermit, kind of. Um, I, 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 I wanted more Luke in the movie. Which is, uh, you know, not having Luke in a, in a movie for, you know, fucking 30-something years since Return of the Jedi. It's whatever, but... I just wanted him to have more of an interaction or more of a, a focus in the movie. I wish they had kept him into the next movie. So they kind of followed that structure from uh, Empire Strikes Back where, you know, Luke is kind of the Yoda character. Um, but they, they got rid of him at the end of the movie opposed to, um, to like, with the return of the Jedi. They then That's when they got rid of Yoda in the next movie. But he was only in there for, like, a couple of minutes. Yeah, the movie was just shot well. Uh, the Ray finding out that she's kind of a nobody in the grand scheme of things. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, opposed to what everyone was speculating before was that it was like Luke's daughter or Obi-Wan's daughter or something. But then they were just like, nah, she's nothing. She's a, she's just comes from nobody. Like doesn't matter who where she comes from. The force picked her, and she's got the force. Yippee! So that was cool. Um, there was a it was a point where Kylo Ren's like trying to, I guess, persuade Rey to join the dark side or like join the whatever neutral side he's trying to be. Um, and there was a there was a hot minute where I was like, oh shit. That would be kind of a plot twist if if she joined the other side to try to do everything. I know they wouldn't do that, but it would be it was definitely interesting depending showing like how the rest of the movie was going like they would have done anything. Uh some points that I thought were super dumb. I didn't like I said I didn't like that they got rid of Luke at the end of the movie. Um whatever. Moving on. I I didn't, there was this, there's, there's a side plot, there's a weird plot in the, the movie where the bad guys are chasing the good guys in the ships, but the bad guy ship is not fast enough to keep up with the little bad guy, the good guy ship, and they're just out of range of, of blaster fire, and they say something that they have not said in any other Star Wars movie, to my knowledge, and to the Clone Wars TV show, as far as I remember, the good guy ship has fuel. I've never heard of a ship in Star Wars having fuel. Like, that's weird. I just kind of figured they had super, you know, nuclear power or some shit. Something that you wouldn't need goddamn fuel for. You know where they talk about fuel is in Star Trek. Um, so anyways, like, 
that whole thing was dumb, and so they're trying to outrun the bad guys, and then, you know, some of the, some of the main characters, like Finn and Stubby Lady, they're like, we need to get a code breaker to get onto the bad guy ship to do a thing to blow them up. Sure, whatever. So what do they do? They decide to take a tinier stubby ship and launch off into hyperspace to go to a casino planet. And that whole casino planet section, I just kind of wish they had cut from the film. It would have been fine without it. You don't need it. It ultimately doesn't do anything except get those characters onto the bad guy ship at the same time that Ray gets to that ship and they're still on the ship when the giant good guy ship does the hyperspeed thing into the bad guy ship. Anyways, casino scene. It's dumb. It's stupid. I hate it. Um, they shove uh, animal rights down your throat for about 30 minutes. Um, hey, you know, I'm all for animal rights, but like in a Star Wars movie, is that the best place to, to cram in a, a PETA thing? PSA? Is that really the best place? Because they got like these weird dog horse things that are, you know, they're getting misused and then they, they free them. Oh boy! And they, they find some, some CD character who's gonna, he's gonna be the code breaker because they didn't find the actual code breaker who they needed to get to the bad guy ship. So they found a CD sneaky guy. And they use him and he double crosses them. It's, it's dumb. That whole scene, whole whole chunk of the movie, just get rid of. It's stupid. Something else that was really stupid was um, the command ship of one of the ships gets blown up. Command room of one of the ships gets blown up and Princess Leia gets shot out into space. Like, oh no, she's dead. Oh no. And then she's just floating in outer space. And then, like, she has super Jedi powers and then flies back into the ship after being in the vacuum of space. And and then she's okay. And then she died in real life. So I don't know what they're gonna do. They'll probably kill her off camera or just say, oh, she's on an away mission. I hope... I mm, Hitting the mic. I really hope that in the next movie they they don't CGI her. Like, please don't CGI Carrie Fisher into the movie and have a shitty voice actor do it. Like, mmm. <sighs> anyway, so overall, I really liked, I guess not really liked, overall, I liked episode 8. So I would say I'm in the good side camp. Uh, it, it leaves my mind open to what possibilities could happen in the next movie because... Whoever the director of this one, he kind of got rid of everything that the episode 7 put in place. Um, so I would say this movie is very different. Uh, I'm not expecting a Return of the Jedi-esque movie uh, for the next one. I'm sure they will have similar elements, just like this had similar elements to Empire Strikes Back, but it also had similar elements to Return of the Jedi. So hopefully, going forward, we've got something pretty unique coming. It could, might not. Anyways, that's my thoughts on episode 8. And we will go on to number 5 on this top 11. Alright. Number 5, I have Return of, the, Return of the Jedi. This was, a, it was a real tough decision because I didn't know if I liked uh, Return of the Jedi more than 
uh, The Last Jedi. And that's that was one of the biggest, like, which one do I like better <laughs> out of these two? So Return of the Jedi, I've, I just, I think the reason I picked that one over The Last Jedi was because it's, I enjoyed it a lot as a kid. It was like one of my favorite movies as a kid. Um, I don't know, it just, it wrapped up the, uh, the original trilogy, I think, very well. Granted, it has Ewoks, but as a kid, I was fine with it. Now, I'm like, eh, because, uh, if I remember right, they, uh, the studio was like, you need to add characters that we can, you know, make toys for, that kid's gonna want. So, originally, the Ewoks weren't supposed to be in the movie, but whatever. I thought it was a little dumb that, uh, nowadays, when I watch the movie, that the Ewoks just kind of beat all the stormtroopers with sticks and stuff. And something else that was kind of fucked up is that at the end of the movie, the, um, the Ewoks, they're, they're playing drums on the helmets of the stormtroopers. So all I can imagine is, like, just a pile, giant-ass genocide pile of stormtroopers without their helmets. And the Ewoks, you know, just ripping the masks off of them and crafting instruments uh, from the death of the stormtroopers. Uh, so overall, I liked it. Um, oh, they made another Death Star in the movie. I thought that. Now, it's dumb because, you know, Episode Seven has another Super Star Destroyer and... Or Death Star and fucking... Episode Four has a Death Star. Episode Six has a Death Star. I'm just... I'm What I'm kind of really hoping Episode Nine doesn't have is a giant Death Star again. Because that'll be stupid. It wraps things up. Uh, at the end of the movies, there, there's uh, three fight scenes going on at once. You've got your your ship battle where Lando's in the uh, Millennium Falcon trying to blow up the Death Star. You've got Luke versus Darth Vader, which that's a great lightsaber fight. Uh, it the music it's very atmospheric. Uh, it's not overdone. It's very like it has emotion behind it, and it feels good. Feels great. It complements the scene very well. Uh, the contrast, again, when I, I don't know much about cinematography, but I know when something looks really good. And that end lightsaber scene with the the lights are kind of off, and you just see the, 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 light, the lightsaber light, I guess. It illuminates the, their faces. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. So that's why I put that episode 6 at number 5. That's, it's getting a little confusing with numbers here. That's okay. All right, let's go to number four of Miles' favorite Star Wars movies. I have Star Wars Episode Three: uh, Revenge of the Sith. Again, I, f I feel like with most Star Wars fans, they would probably rank that one down lower. Probably, definitely above uh, Episode Two, but definitely down there. Uh, I like Revenge of the Sith. I've I've always liked it. Uh, it it's got a lot of CGI. <laughs> But that, that intro uh, battle sequence, it's like the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, it really sets things up. Uh, there's, there's things I don't like, but the whole thing, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a lot darker. There's more action. Um, it wraps up the whole prequel trilogy, I think, pretty well. So nothing, it, like all the loose ends, you know, lead into episode four. Like the, the beginning of the Death Star and 
you know, Anakin making the transformation into Darth Vader, which seems a little, uh, it was a little fast how it happened, because, like, Palpatine's like, hey, like, turn to the dark side, and Anakin's like, no, and then he's like, hey, please, and then Anakin's like, okay, boss, I will, I'll turn to the dark side just for you, and then he goes and slaughters children. It's a good movie. <laughs> um... I don't know, there's just something about it. I've always liked, uh, I like the action in it. It's, you know, there's lightsabers. There's a lot of lightsaber fights. Lightsaber fights are cool. They introduce some bad guys uh, that I don't care about, uh, like General Grievous. I don't care about him. Uh, they kill off Count Dooku, which is fine. Again, I don't care about either of them. They're, they're bad guys that don't matter. And once I get to to talking about episode one, I'm going to talk more about the prequel trilogy and my thoughts on the whole thing and how it should have played out maybe or the elements they should have kept. Regardless. Uh, I don't know. It just I've, Episode three just feels good. The, the music, that, that end fight scene between Anakin and Obi-Wan is amazing. Uh, the music complements it so well. Um, it it binds the two things together. You can you you feel like how everything has just gone to shit between the two of them, and how much of a bummer it is. And then he lobs his arm and leg off, legs off. That's a bummer. And he catches on fire, and then doesn't die somehow. Magic. Uh, it's a really cool fight scene. Uh, and then at the same time, they've also got Yoda fighting Palpatine, which I think was just kind of more fan service to see Yoda do some flips and stuff. And to see Palpatine do something, which is fine. I was a bummer that they killed off uh, Mace Windu. Uh, but from what I hear, in there's like comic book series of things. I guess he lives. That's the thing with every every franchise. They, they come out with a comic book. And like in the movie, the, these characters die. But in the comic books, they live. A perfect example would be, in the, again, the little known film from 1993, Jurassic Park directed by Steven Spielberg, a real underground indie hit. Uh, I don't remember the dude's name, but he was the the hunter guy who was really infatuated with the, the raptors and, like, making sure that the velociraptors don't get out. And then he was, like, trying to hunt it, and then it got him. Well, there's a comic book where, you know, in the movie, the velociraptor jumps on him and, like, looks like it bites his face, and there's a bunch of, like, and, you know, leaves on front of the screen. And you, it's very much insinuated that he is dead, but it, there is a comic book where he is not dead, that he somehow shoots it or punches it or does something and gets out and then has to escape the island. So the same thing with Mace Windu. He somehow lives getting his hand hacked off and then lightning bolted out a window. As to how, I don't know. Maybe it's like Indiana Jones in the, the Temple of Doom where... At the beginning of the movie, he, he's, you know, jumps out a window and then hits a bunch of awnings and rips through them and it slows his fall. Maybe the same thing happens with Mace Windu. I don't know. That's where I was introduced to Samuel Jackson, and I love Samuel Jackson. He's awesome. Him and the Tarantino movies are fantastic. I should do another top ten list of my favorite Tarantino movies. Actually, it'd be top nine. Actually, eight. His ninth movie hasn't come out yet, but it's coming out this summer. Oh, boy. Star Wars Talking about Star Wars. All right, so that was my number four pick. All right, we're getting into the top three. Top 
three Star Wars movies. Number three. Episode four. A New Hope. I like this movie. It does some great things. It sets up all these characters that we like. The The pacing of the movie is real good. There's a good build-up, good climax, good payoff. Everything wraps up. Uh, it, leaves, it leaves things hanging. Enough for when Empire Strikes Back comes around. Empire Strikes Back. It, well, obviously, it's it's higher up on my list because I haven't talked about it yet. But I think it leads, it builds up so that that can be a better movie. Uh, the miniature effects that they did with like the whole Death Star run, it's fantastic. Uh, the explosions, the and all that good stuff. The acting, it's okay. Uh, the whole canteen scene where it's like, and you know everyone's. Dancing around and doing their goofy things and their all these kinds of aliens. It's really cool. It's very interesting. You know, a dude gets his arm chopped off at some point. For some reason, Obi-Wan just does that. Opposed to, I don't know, anything else. Using the Force to get him to stop. <sighs> I guess I, I didn't ever thought, never thought about that. What was kind of cool is uh, they added in a scene that was deleted... That Jabba the Hutt was a person, and then they they added it in uh, later for the later releases of the film, where they they CGI Jabba in, which whatever. The thing that everyone seems to hate about that movie now is that Han Solo kind of like he he's talking with Greedo at the the table in the canteen, and Greedo shoots first, and then Han shoots him. And Han, like, kind of digitally moves his head to the right a little to avoid the blaster shot. When in the original one, and I think actually on the ones I have on the VH on VHS before the special edition came out, uh, he just fucking blasts Greedo. Um, that was one thing, actually talking about that Solo movie I forgot to mention, and it's kind of relevant to that scene. The ending of Solo... Uh, Han shoots zombie land guy first and I was like okay that's cool I like that so anyways that, that's one gripe about episode 4 um, all, all the special effects in that movie were great things, things I didn't care about is like what George Lucas went back and added after the prequel trilogy he added things in um, like you know, broken down pod racers and, you know, thing, things that weren't in the original cut, but he tried to make them more line up with the prequel trilogy, whatever. I think Obi-Wan is he's pretty cool. I like him as a character. Luke's great. Han is awesome. Chewie's fantastic. Princess Leia, I think she has more development in uh, Empire. She's, I, I'd say she's just more of the damsel in distress and... You know, granted, she does do some pretty cool things, like you shoot a couple bad guys. Um, so she's not just a pushover and doesn't do anything. But I think she she gets more um, more screen time and gets more fleshed out in later movies. Um, all these characters do. It's a good setup, like I said. Good pacing. It's great. And I think that's all I really got for that one. I think the lightsaber fight between uh, Obi-Wan and... Darth Vader, where they're just kind of like poking at each other, is pretty funny to watch now. Um, and then Obi Wan's just like, I don't want to be here anymore. So he just like pieces the fuck out and he's like, Later, bitch. And disappears. 
And then Darth Vader's like, what the fuck? And he's like kicking the, the robe. He's like, where did he go? He disappeared. He died. He died, motherfucker. He's a the blue ghost. Number two. Number two. Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Now this is pod I had to be on the list somewhere. It wasn't low on the list. And in fact, it is my second favorite Star Wars film. Oh my god, I love that movie. Oh boy, howdy. The movie's great. It starts off 20 minutes of trade negotiation and poor planning. Uh, bad directing. Awesome actors. Um... Let's see. It's a lot of trade negotiation, Senate hearings, uh, invasions, uh, treaties, everything I want in a Star Wars movie. Said nobody ever. But you know what? I don't care. It is a fun kids movie. There are boring elements, like the trade negotiations, and that's, oh. okay. There's a lot of boring parts. But there's enough that keeps me hooked every single time I watch it. So anytime I'm feeling like watching Star Wars, my second pick is always Episode One. Uh, out of the out of the prequel trilogy, uh, I, I guess it it is my favorite i i feel i it's higher up on the list than episode three but i think episode three is the better out of the prequel trilogy i just i like episode one more that was the the first one i saw in theaters as a child so call me biased uh it's got liam neeson i fucking love liam neeson anything he's in i am on board he could he could have a movie about like giving aids to monkeys i don't care i would watch liam neeson give aids to monkeys like in a syringe just pfft. sure box office hit right there ewan mcgregor I, I like him he's pretty good in uh that other movie the tim burton one big fish that's a great movie holy shit i haven't watched that in a while uh, you got jake lloyd as Anakin Skywalker, a little kid. He's also in my favorite Christmas movie, Jingle All the Way, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, all of these things combining together are, are equaling a pretty good movie. Natalie Portman, she's pretty. I don't know what else she's been in. She was in that movie about ballerinas where they're, like, punching each other or something? Or they, they were, like, cutting their, their toes off? No, I don't remember what that was called. But she was in that, I think. That was years later. You got the guy who played Jar Jar. I don't know what he did. Oh, there's there's another negative. Jar Jar, I, you know what? As a kid, of course, I liked him. Because, you know, I was a kid. And he was made for kids. As an adult... He's okay. Uh, I'm sure that's a... That's a polarizing opinion i think jar jar is okay they bring you back to some lo familiar locations you know you go back to tatooine so you get to see you know little sand houses and you get to see jabba again and they introduce pod racing pod that whole pod racing sequence is phenomenal oh my god that's like my favorite part of the movie that's a lot of fun some things that are kind of dumb 
yeah, I'm sure someone, I'm sure somebody listening to this is rolling their eyes. Some things that are kind of dumb. There's a lot that's dumb in this movie. Um, the Trade Federation having a blockade over a planet for some reason. They don't really specify what. It's just like a trade negotiation gone wrong. This one ship can fly past an entire blockade. When they come back to the planet, the blockade isn't there, but it's still there. Somewhat. Not really. You just don't see it. The best part of the movie, I think, is the end fight scene between Darth Maul, Obi-Wan, and Qui-Gon. I think it's great. I just think it should have ended differently. So when I was talking about episode 3, I was going to talk about the prequel trilogy, so we'll go over the prequel trilogy a little bit. In my opinion, I think they should have kept Darth Maul alive. Like, he can still kill off Qui-Gon. No problem. I think that's that's good. That gives Obi-Wan that mm, that oomph. Fuck that guy. Uh, they should have kept him alive so through the whole trilogy and killed him off uh, about the middle to end of episode three. Probably the middle, kind of like when uh, General Grievous gets killed off. That's when you probably could kill off Darth Maul. So you still have that climactic fight between uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Uh, that would have been great to have him do some stuff in episode two. I think that would have beefed up episode two because in episode two, they just add in pointless bad guy Count Dooku that we don't care about. And same with General Grievous. I don't care about him. Darth Maul, we have a reason to hate him because he killed Liam Neeson. Fuck him for killing Liam Neeson. Or you keep keep them both alive and then you have Liam Neeson through the trilogy because Liam Neeson's awesome. I think that's why this movie's up there so high is because it's there was a movie with Adrian Brody and and Liam Neeson together. I think my mind would just explode. And Tom Hanks. Oh my god, throw Tom Hanks in there. Creamed pants. That's what that equals. I like quoting episode one a lot. You know, anytime I do something stupid or uh, drive something, I'm just like, now this is pod racing. Because that's funny. Uh, the end of the movie is a little weird. I think I talked about it when I talked about episode 6, how there's there's three different fights going on at once, so they're wrapping up three different uh, plot lines. Episode 1, they're wrapping up four, or they have four plot lines going at once, and it's a little jarring because I think that's too much. Because at, at a certain point, there's there's segments that you don't you're not following, you're not invested in. Like the one that I'm never invested in is when Princess Amidala is, like, trying to take over the Capitol building. I don't care about that. <laughs> I just want to watch lightsabers. I just want lightsabers. So that one's dumb. You've got Jar Jar being, like, the head general... something, fighting robots. That's fine. Anakin, goddamn... Anakin Force gumps his way into destroying the main Federation ship that turns off all the robots that Jar Jar is fighting. So that's fine. That That's an overlap where one helps the other. And the final one is uh, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Darth Maul, which is the Duel of Fates. And the music for that is iconic. It's John Williams is such a good composer. He's fantastic. 
you know, Indiana Jones, Harry Potter, which I don't care about, but still, that has a great score. And Star Wars, holy shit. He brought his A-game for this movie, even though it's not that great of a movie. To me, it is. What else is pretty cool? There's a couple eye-rolly parts of that movie, you know, when... Oh, look, Anakin built C-3PO, and this is how C-3PO comes into existence, and he's a naked robot, and it's like, okay, gotta throw him in there somewhere, whatever, it's a little dumb. Overall, anytime I watch that movie, I have fun, I, I overlook the flaws of the movie, and I just enjoy it, enjoy those really good parts, and I overlook the bad parts. And that's why it's my second favorite Star Wars. So that leads into number one, my favorite Star Wars movie of all time is Empire Strikes Back, which is episode five. I don't know if I'm going to be as, as hyped up about this as I was about episode one. Maybe I should have picked episode one as my favorite. No, uh, Empire Strikes Back is just anytime I watch a Star Wars movie. And if I have the choice to pick any Star Wars movie, I always go for Empire Strikes Back. It's fantastic. Uh, George Lucas didn't direct it. It was some other guy. I think it was the guy who did RoboCop, if I remember correctly. Don't quote me at all, because I could just be talking out my ass. I don't know. Uh, the guy who directed it, it was, he did a great job. George Lucas obviously, you know, did the, the producing or the, uh, the writing and all that stuff. The movie starts with everybody together, that intro Hoth battle scene. Those fucking miniatures are fantastic. Uh, all the special effects that are done with practical effects are amazing. The scenes that they added in to the movie in the special feature or in the special edition, uh, they add things to the movie that are that actually help. Uh, they added in a few background shots for some of the hallways in Cloud City. That's fine. That just gives you more atmospheric, more atmosphere for for where they are in the location. That's that's fine. That's great. They added in the whole thing with the, the Wampa at the beginning. When Luke cuts off the Wampa arm. They added the him standing up in the suit. Great. Again, you didn't digitally, you didn't CGI it. You had a guy in a suit actually do it. Again, just like the whole thing with like Luke, his, uh, his snow speeder gets shot down. He gets, he, you know, he destroys an AT-AT. It's real cool. The AT-ATs are awesome. They're like one of my favorite Star Wars vehicles i guess yeah the whole hoth thing's fine the, the movie kind of the first third of the movie every, the whole group they're all together boom they're smooshed together and then the the first third of the movie you know hoth happens and they split up and then han leia and other cast cast of people they go one direction and luke goes to dagobah to go to yoda and the whole thing with Luke and, or sorry, with um, Han and Leia, where they're in the asteroid field and, and all that stuff. Awesome. Awesome sequence. The whole thing where uh, Darth Vader's trying to drive his, his Star Destroyer through the asteroid field. And, you know, he's they're like, we're losing signal. And he's like, fucking fix it. You know, just like, I need a better signal. Like, Pull us out of here. You bitches keep hunting down these assholes in the asteroid field. Giant space worm is pretty funny. Uh, then the whole thing with Luke going to Dagobah, meeting Yoda. That's great. 
uh, one of my favorite lines is when like Yoda's playing with like a flashlight or something, and and Luke's just like, oh, "You're gonna break it." He's like all defeated, like, "Man, you're gonna ruin my stuff." Fucking green gnome motherfucker, and then he turns out to be a Jedi Master, which is cool. Uh, so those those two plot lines they they separate, they go and they disappear, and then you know they've got their own shit going on. Uh, Luke, or sorry, Han and Leia, they get to Cloud City, some shiesty stuff happens, then Luke comes back, and they all meet up, and that leads into the climax, which again, I don't remember what the song's called, but the whole thing where Luke is fighting Darth Vader, and Darth Vader's trying to capture Luke and bring him to the Empire Emperor, uh, that whole fight was great, you've got the... I assume at this point it is 100% iconic and cliche at the same time. Like, what happened? What did, you know, Obi-Wan tell you about your father? He said, you killed him. No, I am your father. And then Luke's like, no, it's impossible. And then Darth Vader's like, search yourself. You know it to be true. Oy vey. Apparently Darth Vader's Jewish. <laughs> so... At least in my mind he is. Right? Just like... Oi, look! I'm your father. Anyways, before I get in trouble for being racist... Is that racist? Probably. I don't know. Stereotyping? Anyways. It's the most Star Wars-y Star Wars movie, I think. So that's why I always go to it. And I enjoy it a lot. It's been my favorite for years. Anytime I talk about Star Wars, it's always Empire. Which is kind of cliche, because Empire is kind of everyone's favorite. Because it's just really good. It fleshes out all those characters, like, in, from Episode 4. You get more development with them. You, you, you find out how cool some of these people are. Like, Leia is a badass. I think she's more of a badass in, in uh, Return of the Jedi when she fucking strangles uh, Jabba the Hutt you know, for making her dress up in a slut thing. Uh, but still, in Empire, she's great. Uh, Han's awesome. He does all kinds of cool stuff. And, you know, Luke starts to become a Jedi. And use the lightsaber, and he gets his hand cut off. And and so continues George Lucas's fascination with people having their arms chopped off. Happened in Episode 4. Happened in Episode 5. Episode 6? Does Darth Vader get his hand cut off? Yes. Darth Vader gets his hand cut off. And then you see the little robot bits. Episode 1. Uh, Darth Maul gets cut in half. Episode 2. Anakin loses his arm. Episode 3. Anakin loses his other arm and his legs. So yes. I think George Lucas has a fascination with amputations. And then replacing them with robot parts. Music was dope. I think uh, Leia has Leia's theme song is is one of the best theme songs when it comes to characters. Luke's is also pretty good, but the, Luke's is more played in uh, Episode uh, Four. So with that, we have the clear-cut winner of the Miles' favorite Star Wars movies. The winner is Star Trek. Just watch Star Trek. Yep. Just, that's, that's what I've got to say. Go with Star Trek.
it's a lot fun, a lot of fun. The writing's great. Next generation, once it gets into its strides, in like season three, four, it's great. You love the characters. It's awesome. I'm sure that just made a bunch of people mad. Anyways, so Disney owns Star Wars. They're going to run it into the ground. They're going to exploit it for all it's worth. We're just eventually going to get straight to DVD Star Wars movies. And then it's going to be ruined. But something that Disney can't do is they can't destroy how much I like Empire Strikes Back and Episode One uh, as my favorite Star Wars movies. They can't take that from me. They can't ruin that. Unless they start re-releasing these movies every fucking year. Oh my god. Oh, so shit. You know what I never thought about is, like, Disney's doing all these weird remakes. Like, they got the Aladdin remake, the, uh, the Beauty and the Beast one that came out, uh, the Jungle Book. They're just doing live-action remakes of the movies that they made in the 90s. What, what's going on? They own Star Wars. Oh no. Oh no. What if they remake? The original trilogy. They wouldn't. Would they? We can't let them do that. We as a society need to not let Disney do that. And I'm probably just giving them ideas. Oh god, what if they what if they redcon the original the, the prequel trilogy and then come up with a new prequel trilogy? Oh god. George Lucas is gonna roll over in his grave even though he's still alive and he's already rolling over. Because of how much he hates the Disney. Oh, God. I really like the Phantom Menace. Anyways, thank you for listening to this extremely long episode of the Miles Podcast. This is like a double feature. I had to do this in two set- sittings. So, if you if you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe on iTunes or Podbean. You can also leave a review on iTunes or Podbean if you feel like it. Give me some thumbs up or some stars. I'd appreciate it. You can follow me on Instagram. It's the only social media I'm on at MetalMiles15. I will leave how that's spelled in the description of the podcast. And yeah, that's about it. I guess the only other updates I got is um, I've come up with a a kind of a new segment thing that I want to try for the podcast, which is uh, I'm going to call it MPH which stands for miles per hour, miles per hour. Uh, And that's where I'll just kind of, when I'm in my car, I'll do a quick podcast, ramble off some stuff that annoy me, maybe. See how that goes. It'll just be like a little filler kind of thing for in between big episodes. So there you go. Uh, If you you have any thoughts or opinions uh, or you want to like correct me on how wrong my list is, how how wrong my favorite Star Wars list is, By all means, send me a message on Instagram. Uh, If you agree, if you disagree, any points um, that you you agree with or disagree with, by all means, I'd love to hear them. You can tell me why episode one is a garbage movie and I should have put it down by episode two at number 10, but I didn't because it's awesome. Uh, I'll catch you all on the next episode of the Miles Podcast.
This is Pod Racing.